This week's guest has gained national recognition for her baking skills. Sarita Gellner loves the way food can bring people together and create loving memories. We chat about that and so much more in this week's episode. What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. I'm Jill Devine, and welcome to Two Kids and a Career. The only complaint I have about this week's guest is I'm not meeting her in person. But one day it'll happen, right, Sarita? Definitely. I can't wait. So I have Sarita Gellner joining me today, and she's also known as Ritzy Mom. And you can find her online, ritzymom.com. How I came across Sarita originally, there was an article that I found that she was part of this amazing show, The Great American Baking Show. And I saw it, and this was all around the holidays. And originally, and we're not going to talk about the why, but originally, you're going <laughs> to come in and talk to me about how that show went. And so, that's how I was first introduced to you. And I definitely want to know about that. But then I started going on your website and learning a little bit more about you. And oh my gosh, I'm so inspired by you. I am Aww. so, I, I just feel like I need you. We need you. But the universe needs you right now based on everything that you are doing and what you are trying to do. And and even more inspiring, this all is like started in just less than two years. Am, am I right? It's been about, I guess it's been about like two and a half years. Okay. I got really into, um, into well, I mean, I've always been baking since the time I was a little girl, but baking for me really became a bigger deal and pretty much my whole life a couple years back when I started my blog and I just really got into tougher pastries. It just became a hobby that spiraled into something pretty magical. Okay. Before we get into like the serious talks <laughs> with baking, I always joke around in past episodes. I've said that I don't, I'm not a good cook because I am not one of those people that can just put, as STL Veg Girl says, a dash here and a hint here and a taste here. I have to follow a recipe. And so that's what I was wondering with you, though, because baking does require such like a, a type A personality where you have to follow something. Is that how you I mean, how does it work for you yeah, since you're always watch me on the show. I'm a hot mess in the kitchen, but I, but it always tastes good. <laughs> so, you know, the way I learned to cook is really, you know, when I go with, when I start talking to my mom about re replicating a recipe from my childhood or something that she remembered from her own childhood, she does the same thing. It's, oh, it's just, you know, you have to go by smell. There's a little pinch. Oh, it doesn't smell right. It doesn't feel right. And I'm like, okay, I need like, you know, the measurements so that I can replicate this perfectly. And when you bake, everything does need to be super precise. Most of the time when I bake, I actually use a kitchen scale. Okay. I translate it over on my blog to using cups and tablespoons. But when I bake, especially any kind of French pastry, you have to go with measuring because that's going to give you the exact result every time it's going to be perfect. So if you do, if you are somebody who gets really into baking, that's what I would recommend is to make sure that you get a kitchen scale. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about serious stuff. <laughs> not, oh, that, that's not serious. Um, I do want to touch on the Great American Baking Show and even your time on the Tamron Hall Show, but we need to back up. We need to back up to your story and 
your inspiration by your mom? Because what I will say is that there have been more conversations about food on my podcast lately and to come. And I don't feel like many of those conversations are as joyful as yours. Does that make sense? I mean, I know the listener doesn't know your your full story, which we'll get through. But when I was reading through your story, food has been a joyful thing for you. And there are so many people that struggle with food. So I just kind of wanted to start there and talk about your mom and how it all kind of transpired for you with making it so happy in your life and food I speak of. Yeah. I mean, when I was a little girl, my mom, she's she was actually featured in some local St. Louis newspapers. I was born and raised in St. Louis. And so, you know, St. Louis means a lot to me and I'm happy to be raising my children here. And, you know, one of my first memories is always going to be being next to my mother in the kitchen. And her cuisine was Sri Lankan food that was very authentic. I, I, I don't think I could make a curry as good as her to this you know, as good as she can to this day. Um, But, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money after my father left us. And it was really a turning point in in our lives where the fresh baked breads went away. You know, the feelings that you get where you bond with your family in the kitchen and the beautiful feasts and all of the abundance that we had, you really was gone for a long time. And, you know, we were the family at Christmas that would get sponsored with canned goods. And my mom had a hard time. I mean, she was an immigrant. She had to work three jobs to put what little food on the table she could while still, you know, clothing us, taking care of the rent and the car. We were really left with nothing. And she had to start over. And it was a very, you know, dark time where I kind of found the light and tried to bring joy to my family, my sister and my mom through food. I would cook with the spam or whatever it was that we would have, black eyed peas or chickpeas. And I would try to make something beautiful out of it, something fragrant, something that would make her spark. Because I've always believed that you come together over a good meal. And that was really something that inspired me throughout my life was to show my love through food. And, you know, that's something that really just when I'm making a dish, whoever it's for, I channel, you know, my love for that person to bring them joy. That's your thing. That's what makes you happy. And that's what you pour your heart and soul into. And that's what we want, I think, everyone to feel almost when it comes to a meal. I I just, you know, there's so many debilitating thoughts sometimes for people with food. And it was immediately what I thought of when I read your story, because I just thought, well, if we could somehow turn food into a joyous occasion and even involving our kids in the kitchen. Absolutely. That's what it's about. And it's, you know, it's interesting because if you close your eyes and you imagine a moment in time where the aroma of a kitchen moment really fills your soul. It's usually something from your childhood or a moment in time that really was the best food you ever ate. And it brings you feelings. And those are the feelings that you emit if you start trying to recreate that. And that's really what I do is I, I, I go back to my roots and I think about the happy moments and the fresh baked breads that filled our kitchen. And 
you know, just imagine the nostalgia and the joy and the love that fills your heart. It warms you to think about things like that from childhood. You know, it's interesting you said that because I was thinking that it's the same with music. I've always said that about music. Music always sparks memories, whether it's good or bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Typically a song, when you hear it, it brings back memories and the same holds for food. It is. And it's really like, I think it's like if, you know, that's a great example because it, it really does range whatever your passion is, whatever the little fires inside of you blossom into, whether it's music or art or food, like everybody is an artist inside. It's just that we all find different passions and pathways to show that. Okay. So you are a mother, a stay-at-home mother to two little girls. Can you tell me their names and ages? So there's Beatrice she goes by B and she's six years old. And then I have little Tilly who's four. Her real name is Matilda, but we call her Tilly. And they're just rambunctious and fun. And we go on Instagram and make videos together. And, you know, we've been doing that more just because with homeschooling, I try to find ways to teach them in other ways that they wouldn't be learning in school. And so we, you know, measuring out for recipes and mixing and just doing little things like that. We have a lot of fun together. They are adorable. And (laughs) you are so right. Like I have been trying to give myself a little grace with my daughters three and one and trying to teach them like these kids learn through everything. And you may not realize that baking or cooking a whatever it is they're learning math they're learning skills like it's a really cool focus oh yeah and like you know I think the greatest part of it is that those are the memories that are forming in their minds that will stick with them for the rest of their lives you know like because that really is one of the first memories was in the kitchen for me and when you share your passion with your kids they're going to bond with you. And you start telling them stories about, oh, well, when I was little and my mom did this and you remember those things and it really just stays with you forever. I love it. I I just welcome it. And I think it's a new creative way to think about things. And it's something that I'm trying to do more with the girls, especially the three-year-old, like get her more involved in the kitchen, because I got to tell you, (laughs) she could live on chicken nuggets every single day. And we are trying to change that. But I know if I involve her more, then she's going to become more interested. Oh, definitely. You know, and it's like a trick I've always used is if you show your children that you're interested in something, they're going to pick that up. And like, you know, my kids have been eating fruits and vegetables since the time they were little. And it's because I keep so many fruits and vegetables out in front of them because that's just what they're going to naturally reach for. It's like a, a simple trick that works every day. It's crazy. Or if they see me eating, I'm, I mean, any mom knows this, you're not going to get to finish what you're eating. No. So I make sure that when I eat, it's like cucumbers or things that they're going to come and take from me. And so, you know, they're um, palette has really expanded where B will ask for brie and cheese with some fig compote. And I'm just, I feel so bad when she does it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about this movement that you are going to just totally kick butt at. But first let's talk about your experience on the great American baking show. I mean, <laughs> I'm getting like right now just thinking about it, but okay. (laughs) So how did this all happen? How did you even get picked to be on the show? I mean, it's a, it's a long process. I I think like everybody that ends up on the show, I mean, I don't want to say everybody, but I'm pretty sure 
you have to apply more than once or at least apply and then they call you. And um, the first, this was my second year applying. The first year was the year before I did apply for the show. And at that time I had just started um, applying for things. I applied for that. I applied for spring baking championship on food network and both times I made it to like the network. That's like the final stage of casting. And I didn't make it on either show. And I think that I'm the kind of person when I don't get something that I really want and I have this like passion for, it fuels me to just like, I'm like, okay, well, that's all right. Cause I'm coming for you next year. And it was funny because I got called the next year by Food Network and I was in the process of Great American Baking. And so it was like, I had both of them you know, going for me. And I got the great American baking show and it was just, it was really cool. I mean, it was that one. I was a little bit more afraid of, I think, than the food network shows just because food network, you get to, it's more about your personality and who you are as a baker. Whereas with great American baking, it's very serious baking and it's very technical and you have to be really serious and you have to be focused and detail oriented. And it's like all the things that I'm completely not, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, what have I done? You know, but it was um, really the experience of a lifetime. I mean, I just can't even, there are no words sometimes. (laughs) What was, what was your favorite part of the experience and what was your least favorite part? I think that, well, my favorite was of course, you know, when you get a Paul Hollywood handshake, that's just pretty incredible. And it really makes you feel there's like this little bit of validation that happens. But I mean, that show, it's, it's opened a lot of doors for me. Um, in, in the food world, it's not, you know, in, in any arena, women do have a little bit of a harder time getting ahead. And food is not, you know, that's definitely an, an area where women chefs are, you know, struggling. And so, like, it, it's great when we get to be showcased and we get to show our talent and really make an impact. And that's what that show, you know, allowed me to do is make an impression. I was able to show people that, um, I might not be like, I'm pretty messy in the kitchen. I do get a little bit messy and time gets away from me. However, my bake, you know, my baking skills, when it comes to flavors, I'm very creative. I'm original. Every recipe that you find on my blog, it's created by me. Like I don't go and I don't look at recipes. I don't bring recipes, you know, that are from other bakers like Ina Gartner, Martha Stewart. Like those are all my recipes that I have hand created. Um, The flavors are mine. And it's just, that's my, that's where my passion is, is coming up with innovative baking techniques, innovative baking flavors. And it's where I thrive. And um, I think that, you know, I just like to put a little personality in it. And then you met Tamron Hall. How is she? Oh my God. She is amazing. Um, She is you know, the interesting thing about daytime talk shows, you know, being a stay at home mom, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, that's probably what you're doing all day. I mean, it's not. (laughs) But, you know, so I don't watch a lot of daytime talk shows, but it's because I don't really get sucked in. But it's interesting. I'll say Tamron Hall's show, the stories that they tell are very compelling where you get like wrapped up. Like, you know, when I was doing the show, it was like watching everybody. I'm like, I want to make a difference. And that's what I gained from that was just walking away. I wanted to be part of, you know, the movements that they talk about. I wanted to make a difference and it's made me get really more involved in charities. And, um, actually even right now I'm, I'm going to be getting involved with no kid hungry, which is a nonprofit that really helps children that are struggling, you know, 
not having school meals, especially right now with the pandemic going on. There are a lot of children that cannot get meals because they depend on those school lunches and things like that have stopped. And so um, it's important to me, especially with my background, to be involved in charitable work that really focuses on making sure people don't go hungry. So, I mean, that's one thing I really gained from that show was just the drive to want to really make a difference and help and use my platform to do that. Yeah, she is incredible. And I love that she gives, you know, these individuals that may not, people may not know, like the voice and lets people know and inspire. And obviously she's doing it because look at you, look at what you're doing. It's incredible. And, you know, I, I think one of the, the biggest things I learned from the Great American Baking Show is that there is a whole team that works like you just show up and you do what you're good at. And then everybody else has hours of editing. They have the questions that they ask you to draw out what you want to say and show. And she does. She is a storyteller. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. But it, the producers and the editors and everybody that's involved in these shows, they deserve just I bow down to them because they have such hard work that they do flawlessly. It's incredible how much it takes to put on a show. Okay, be honest. How many times during the quarantine have you thought, I just wish I had more space. I wish I could go outside and just be free. And you just aren't getting that in your current home. I mean, I know so many different times I've thought, oh, if I had some more land or we could just go outside and just run and not worry about traffic and cars and all of that. And that's what I love about London Real Estate. They can take exactly what I am envisioning in my head and make it come true because using a local agent is gonna get you exactly what you want. You get the property that matches your lifestyle. Let's say you love cars and you need a home that accommodates cars. They can help you. Let's say you just want a mini farm or some privacy. Blondin Real Estate can help you make the transition to that life that you're dreaming of. BlondinRealEstate.com. I said this at the very beginning. You are so positive. I need this. We need this. And straight from your blog, you said, quote, People often ask me why I am so joyful. My energy and gusto can be confusing without knowing why I'm so happy. It's because of my past that I wake up every day with a grateful heart for what I have today. I'm thankful for my life, my loves, my knowledge of pain, and how to move forward. I went from a housewife to a fierce female on a mission fast. And truth be told, I haven't even accomplished my real goals yet. So with that being said, my two questions... How do you remain so positive in everything? I've seen your stuff on Instagram. I've seen, besides your beautiful baking, I've seen your positivity. So let's start there. I know you said it's because of everything that you've been through, but how do you remain positive? I do believe you have a choice in life when you're presented with adversity. You can go the route of really, you know, letting your pain sink you, or you can take that and you can fuel it to make yourself better and to change the world. I have always been on the side of wanting to do something that made a difference. I want to change the world any way that I can. I want to make a difference. I want to be somebody who took a life that could have been nothing and made it into everything. Like that's just 
what I want to do. And I want to help people. And I want to show people that are, you know, children who are, who come from nothing or women that are immigrants or single mothers, people that feel like they don't have hope and they don't have resources, that they can do anything that they want to if they set their mind to it and have a positive attitude and believe in themselves and just push through the pain. And I just, every day, you know, yes, you have sad moments in your life. Everybody does. I have those often, you know, I'll have a moment where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling today. I'm feeling sad. And I just, I do meditate and I think about when I, when I start to get sad about something, I really do push that energy away and I replace it with a positive thought and a fuel. Okay. Okay. I'm sad, but what can I do to fix this? How can I help somebody? A lot of times for me, just, you know, putting my pictures up, making people think, oh my gosh, that's a, that made me hungry. It's great. You just want to make people happy sometimes. And that's how I do it on my Instagram and um, sharing recipes for free. That's something that brings joy to people. My husband and I, you know, we donate money to charities. Like I just, I, that's just, I just try to find ways to be useful in the world. And that's something I learned from my mom, you know, when she immigrated from Sri Lanka the first place that she landed was Billings, Montana. And she helped pass laws to show why immigrants are useful to the country. And, you know, so she's just been somebody who I've always looked up to. She makes a difference. She makes lemonade out of lemons. Like she knows how to get things done. And that was always what she taught me was, you know, even in your darkest time, in a, your most hopeless moments, you have to find the light and you have to shine it and you have to just do good. And that's what I do every day, you know, and I try to inspire my children to do the same thing. And, you know, um, I'm just grateful. I live in a very loving household with joy and happiness. I am thankful every single day that my children do get to live a good life. They won't knock on wood, hopefully ever have to go through what I've had to go through or what other children have to go through. And, um, you know, it's just, I just feel very, very lucky every day that I live the life that I do. And I want to share that with other people. Well, at least you recognize that you do have sad moments. I think that that's one thing that some people try to always say they're joyous no matter what. And that's not true. Oh yeah, that's not true. You have to say, I have my days and I have my moments, but this is Absolutely. what I do to turn it around. Um, so my second- <laughs> I actually do, I'll be honest. I have, I give myself sometimes, this is kind of silly and I can't believe I'm saying this. Yes, I can't I'm ready. Believe I'm saying this. But like, I actually give myself like once a month, I'll take a day and I just cry. <laughs> That's I my glass of wine, I get a bubble bath and I just sit and I cry. I call it cathartic crying and I get it all out and then I get better. And then I, the next day I just, you know, fight on. (laughs) No, I'm so glad you said that because you know what there are, I mean, crying helps release it. I mean, we joke around all the time with our three-year-old, like sometimes when it's the meltdowns that are just ridiculous, like I put her shirt on backwards uh, and she'll start crying. I'm like, take a minute and go get yourself together. And you just release those emotions. Because you just have to. Sometimes you just have to let it all out. And my husband just sometimes is like, oh my God, you know, there's why is she crying? I'm like, I just need you. It's my (laughs) turn to cry. Go away. (laughs) 
me alone. <laughs> and I, just, I don't know. And it's just, but it's just important to me to like, I had too many sad days when I was a little kid. I had just, there were just too many. There weren't any moments of happiness. And so um, I just try to make up for that now. All right. So then my second question to what I read just a little bit ago, you said, I haven't even accomplished my real goals yet. Are no. those <laughs> something that you're willing to share or? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm the kind of person, and it's funny, since I was a little girl, I used to make lists of all of the things that I wanted to accomplish. And it's, it's really funny, but I was... um. When I was about, I think it was like when I was like 12 years old, I, one of my lists I wrote was, I want to eat pastry every day of my life. And I, I food's always on my mind. And so, you know, it's funny because I do that now. But yeah, I do that every year. I write a list of goals and um, there are a few that I have not yet accomplished. I have accomplished most of my goals. So, I mean, actually it was funny last year, one of my biggest goal was, I was like, I want to be on a national baking show. And I, and I did do that. Yep. Um, this, I mean, really just like my end goal, I want to be on Ellen, you know, cause I'm funny and I can cook and I'm like, I just really want to be a guest on Ellen. Yes. So that's like, that's like one of my huge goals. And that one I have not accomplished yet. Cause I, that's what, that was always on my list. Like every year I'm like, I want to be on the Ellen show. She'd like me. I'm funny. And so like Let my me. husband's He's like, I don't think you're the Ellen type. You're not the material she brings. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm hilarious. <laughs> and so um, that's, I think that's like kind of like the, the spite I need to show him. Yep. See, see, she liked me. So that's one. And then I all, obviously, of course, I want to be on the Food Network. I want to have my own show in cooking. I mean, I really, um, I love to be on TV. My happy place is when I get to be baking on TV. So I really want to be somebody who gets their own cooking show one day. Um you know, and I, I haven't yet gotten to do like a, a big national segment where I actually go and bake on, you know, Good Morning America or Today Show or one of those. I want to do that still. Um, I do want, I see, I'm not really one of the, I don't really care about cookbooks and things like that as much. Like those are things I just put all my recipes up for free. Um, and I, and I do, I am actually on the works of coming up with like a mini baked book that's going to be auctioned off for like charity donations. So like, I don't really care about having a cookbook, but yeah. And I really, I, you know, one day this is kind of funny, but I wouldn't mind uh, getting to host, be one of the, like the hosts of like the great American baking show or something or like a food network show. So oh my God. those are all my goals. I love that. And don't forget about the little people when this happens. Okay. <laughs> um, which I, before I forget, when you keep talking about your recipes and how they're free, which is amazing. I love that so much. I am going to make the chocolate crinkle cookies. Is that what they're called? Oh, I can't remember. Are they, they look so easy for somebody. Oh my God. They're so easy. Okay. And like, they're really easy. You just, I mean, they're pretty much 15 minute cookies. And I say that because it takes about five minutes to mix them. You need one bowl and then they only take 10 minutes to bake. And then the only thing is you want to just let them cool a little bit because they're okay. like brownies. You need a little bit of time to set. I mean, if you like gooey, a little bit under baked, you can eat them, whatever. Um, but yeah, those are super easy. And what I love about those is I've been getting a lot of questions about, oh, I don't have flour. Well, yeah, I mean, I ran out and I, I think I cried for 15 minutes. That was one of my sad moments yesterday. I was like, <laughs> I don't have any flour, um, butter I've run out of. Um, but I want to tell you something too. That's This is the thing about St. Louis. There was a gentleman who actually offered me his flour that he hadn't opened because he follows me on Instagram. And he wrote on there, he's like, Sarita, I have flour. You can have it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why I love St. Louis. People are a community. We're a family. It's just, yep. Oh, 
yep. touched my heart. But, but yeah, those are really easy cookies. And the only thing I would say is if you don't want like super dark chocolate, bittersweet decadence, you can add some white chocolate chips in it. That's okay. just what I tell everybody. All right. So if you're listening and you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Go to Instagram <laughs> and follow Ritzy Mom. You can also go to ritzymom.com. Before we wrap things up, um, I know that I am working on my self-confidence and my owning it, so to speak. I love your proudness and I love your attitude. And the reason why I say that, this is also on your blog. You say, quote, I am a unique and strong woman that has found a way to combine my love of food with media in an enthusiastic manner. I have become a food educator, a voice behind the food I create, and a proud woman of color. We need, I need to do more of that. I see so many people, women especially, discounting things. I'm guilty of it or Mm -hmm. justifying or trying to put some cliff notes to explain. I am a work in progress, but when I see things like this from you, it helps me and it inspires me. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned to try to let go is I try not to let other people affect how I feel about myself. And that gets hard with social media yes. and looking at your likes and your follows and, oh, this person's doing better than me. And it, when you can start to let go of those limiting beliefs and you're, you're you and you're going to get recognized and celebrated for who you are. And that's what I focus on is not, you know, what other people are doing. And, you know, it helps to do that. And I don't look at my phone and my likes and follows. I'm just like, I put up a picture and I go away. And they're beautiful pictures and they make me smile for sure. (laughs) And I can't wait for, especially if you're local, for everything to just kind of get back to, I mean, it's never going to be the same, but to see Mm -hmm. you back on the different local television shows to showcase your baking skills, to showcase everything that you have to offer, because that is so fun to see. And I think what you're doing, like so many other people are doing, adapting and putting stuff on Instagram and of course online ritzymom.com. I, it's amazing and it's cool and it's really neat to see you involve your daughters. So I'm going to keep following along. I know you're going to get onto those shows. I know you're going to be just kicking butt and I'm going to be like, Sarita, remember when you were on my podcast, can you come back on, please? <laughs> you are so cute. No, it's not. I, I, every, I, I really just, oh, like, I feel like I always say this to everybody that asks me how I really got started in TV and I like owe everything to show me St. Louis. That is like my You're home away from so home. So awesome there. And I'm like obsessed with all of them. Like they're just the best group of women. And you know, I'm going to, I always tell everybody this, one of the things that always has helped me and I pass that along is women supporting women. Yes. And I have no room in my life for other women who don't do that. I really just only surround myself with women who are like-minded and kind and don't, you know, throw you under the bus. Cause unfortunately in this industry, I mean, in the media and the food industries, you find that a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, I learned a lot from that show was, you know, <laughs> just, you have to watch your back a yeah. lot. So, yeah. They're so great. I miss them. I 
want to go back to Show Me St. Louis and just hang out with them because they are just great people. And you're right. You have to surround yourself with the the right women and the right people to support you. And I support you. And I can't wait. You. Oh, thanks. And I can't, I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing next because you have to live. Oh. You're going to, you're going to get it all. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. And well, I guess I'm going to be looking for that next uh, wonderful recipe and your beautiful pictures. No. Yeah. I feel like you should jump on a live stream and we should cook together on Instagram. <gasps> Yeah. Wouldn't um, that be fun? Okay. We could even do like a mommy cocktail, like a little quarantini, a summer quarantini or something. Oh my gosh. Well, as soon as we get hang up, we are going to talk yep. about that and we're going to make it happen <laughs> yes. and we will make the listener aware of it. Uh, thank you for involving me and thank you so of much course. for coming on. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career.